How provocative can we get on this podcast? Welcome to Above the Mean, a podcast for people choosing to live life on their own terms and not for anyone else by finding your own voice to be authentically you. I'm your host, Veronica Thompson. In today's little Valentine's Day special, you'll listen to me and my friend Ray have a little girl chat about dating, relationships, double standards, and essentially reflecting on notions that we used to believe about dating that we no longer find to be true. We literally get right into it. You hear mine and Ray's conversation about the recent blind dates we went on, which hers definitely took a turn for the worse. But all in all, this was a really fun episode, and I hope y'all enjoy. I have a blind date story. You want to tell yours and I'll tell mine? We yes. Yeah. Okay. We but actually- mine was like catastrophically bad. Mine, it wasn't bad per se. Yeah. It wasn't great. Yeah. But essentially, so I had literally just gone out partying and I woke up at my friend's house and we were just talking about men and dating culture essentially and just how like men nowadays, I feel like don't know how to date because they don't Correct. know how to like... I say woo, like they don't know how to court a girl, like they don't know how to ask her out, take her out on actual dates and like have conversations. Rather, I feel like people just want you to come over and watch a movie. And I'm like, that's fine. That's chill for maybe like the second or third time. But the first time, like I especially don't want you in my personal space if I don't know Mm -hmm. you like that. Like I'm someone who very much believes in energies. And so it's just like, I don't know you and I also feel kind of a little pressured essentially in that type of environment. Exactly. And so as we're having like this hour long conversation of just about the different guys that we want, my friend literally calls me up like another friend just randomly and she's just like, hey, so I woke up today and I really want to set you up on a blind date. And I was just like, what is the universe right now? Like, what is my life? Like, I'm like, okay, I'm here for it. She was just like, I have this friend. He's really been working on himself. He's a great guy. I think you guys would like each other because of this, this, and this. Like, you have this in common and this. And I'm just like thinking, I'm like, okay, like, sounds good. Um, First, I'm like why don't you want to date this guy? <laughs> like, if he sounds like, so good. giving him to me? Yes, and she was just like, well, we went kind of on a date, but it didn't really work out for us, but I think y'all would be good. Okay. And, like, he's a really nice guy. And then, essentially, she was like, I already called him and told him everything about you, and he wants to do it. And so, I, if you're down, I'll make the reservations for you guys. Like, oh, she, she li- went above and beyond. No, literally. Like, she called the restaurant, made the reservations for us, and she was like, literally, all you have to do is show, show up. up. So I'm like, you can't say no at that point. Right. Like, I'll just show up. It's simple enough. What's it's the worst that enough. could happen? So I, sh- <laughs> <laughs> so I show up and I go up to the wait, the hostess, and I'm just like, hey, I'm here for a reservation. Because she told me she even told the hostess that this was a blind date. This oh, was like a whole affair. And so it. she's just like, oh, I just checked in your date. He's right over there. And so I'm just like, oh, like which one is he? Because I couldn't really, I had no idea what this kid looked like. And mm-hmm. she just kind of points and I'm like, that guy. Yeah. and I see this guy like leaning up against the wall and I'm just kind of like, he's leaning against the yes, wall. Yes, he's oh just like God. casually leaning the wall and I like tap his shoulder. I'm just like, hey. And he was just like, hey, Veronica, good to see you again. And I was like, again, again, like we met before. And he was like, yeah, we met at so-and-so's birthday. Oh. And I was just kind of, honestly, I did not remember. I did not remember. And as he was telling me, it kind of clicked, but it obviously was not 
a very memorable conversation. It must have yeah. been like a brief something. Yeah. But he seemed nice. He seemed like cute. And so we go and the dinner was phenomenal. Like he pulled out the chair for me yes. and I was like, okay, points, points. Yeah. And as we're talking, we do have a lot in common, but it was just awkward in the sense mm-hmm. where I definitely would hang out with this guy again and I liked could tell he was a really nice person and I was gonna ask you this actually like has there ever been instances or moments where it's like you go out with someone and you can tell they're a really nice person really good character like but there's something missing it's just like you don't have that initial chemistry spark that makes you kind of see them in that romantic light and I think that's kind of what happened there yeah where you see it as like being more of like a friendship or maybe more networking or just like exactly i don't know it's just like i i think you're a cool person i think you're really interesting but i just don't see you in that way or that light i hate to use this word i hate this word but like the spark yeah yeah and so it's like (laughs) it made me really kind of think and wonder like is that spark really necessary on the first light or is it something that like maybe you can build up to maybe you you can um i mean did you feel like when you saw him were you like immediately attracted to him no so i don't know if you can develop a spark from that i'm big on like i don't think that physical connection or attraction is like the most important thing in a relationship but i am definitely someone that always tells people it needs to be there Mm -hmm. so i feel like that needs to be there for there to be like a spark i definitely agree i do agree because at some level like you do need to be physically attracted to the person and it's just like I know a lot of people will say like their personality is great and so it's just like overall like that kind of boost yeah they're like attraction but I do think yeah there needs to be something there yeah or if you thought he was cute but the conversation kind of like lagged at certain points or you guys had that awkward like when you have that spark with somebody where you guys are like laughing at the same things noticing the same things clicking kind of filling in each other's sentences like you know like you know you're vibing yes yes I know what you're talking about and that was just yeah, it was more of like, I think I would, this, me and this kid would have a really good friendship and yeah. a really solid foundation with that, but I don't think, yeah, it would well, be anything more. That's what dates are for, you figure it out. But also, I low-key think, and this was just my, I, I'm also one of her few black friends, and the guy, she's <laughs> black, she did one of those, okay. So... I also wonder if, there, if those were the gears going on in her mind when she did that, but... I know that she had great intentions. Absolutely. Like, it the sounds be- like she had above and beyond. Like, exactly. 1,000%. So that's why I can't even like, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if she went on a date with him, maybe she doesn't just see him that way. But like, I've definitely been in circles where I was like the only like mixed or like biracial person. And then like, if we were out at a club and there was like a black guy there, they'd be like, oh, look, there's, yeah, you want to go say hi to him? And I was like, no, I'm sorry, no, <laughs> that, what you're talking about. But. That was literally my, yeah. that was my entire high school existence. Like anytime yeah. I was at a party, if there was ever a black guy that walked in, they'd be like, Veronica, did you see? <laughs> like guys. Wait, okay. So that was my blind dating story. What was yours? How provocative can we get on this podcast? We can be provocative. You we can, can be- blo- you can block anything out if I say anything that's like too crazy. Yeah, I'll just do like a little like something. But honestly, okay. yeah, I I prefer you to be very transparent and free because that makes it way more interesting. Absolutely. Okay, so this was a few months ago after my breakup. I had a breakup this summer. Um, my friend from California hit me up and she's like, "Hey, I have this guy that I went to college with. They went to like UCLA or I think maybe it was like San Diego. I don't know." Mm-hmm. 
And um, he just moved to Austin. He's like a tech, like crypto kind of guy. He's out here for Apple or Tesla. You know, those the guys. Two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tech guys. <laughs> and um, she was like, I want you to meet him. He wants to do a lunch date with you somewhere nice. So she coordinated the whole thing. And we agreed to meet up for lunch at Perry's Steakhouse. Ooh, okay. Right? Like, yeah, nice. that was a nice place. Yeah. And it was a complete blind date. Like, I didn't know what he looked like. And I said to her, I said... What does he look like, just so I know? And she told me what color shirt he was wearing, and she was like, he's tall and he's white. And I was like, okay, cool. Walk in. This man is hot. He looks like a younger, like, Matthew McConaughey. And I'm immediately like, wow, he's cute. You're like, good job, friend. Good job, friend. So we get to the table, and we order appetizers. And I notice he's kind of already trying to, like, flex. So he's, you know, pulling up his shirt and kind of showing off the watch. Mm. He's got his sports car keys on the table. He's, he orders some appetizers to the table and we're eating the appetizers and I finish like my little plate and he goes, good girl. When I finished eating, right? Weird. Weird. Extremely weird. Not even. And then he was like, oh, I noticed like when you walked in, you had like a really nice ass. And he was like, if you ever want, I could get the boobs to match. And I was like. And then the waiter comes up before I can even say anything. He's like, what do you guys want? He orders us expensive steaks and he goes, rare. And I go, oh, for mine, I could do like a medium, you know, maybe even medium well medium. And he goes, no, she'll do rare. And I was like, I didn't say anything, but it's one of those things where I was like, okay, ick. And then he was bragging about how he had been on a date with a Victoria's Secret model um, previously. And then he was like, have you ever been out with a white guy before? And I was like, no, I haven't. I didn't really think it's like that big of a deal. Yeah. And then um, he was like, oh, so like you're used to dating black guys. And I was like, um, I mean, I guess like I've primarily dated like black and like. But why biracial. are you just assuming, sir? Yeah. Yeah. And then he made a comment about the size of black men downstairs. I, that's that's where he was going with that. And I was like, just sitting at the table, like, uh, what? I was texting my friend at the table, like, is this is a joke. Like, are you joking? Here's the icing on the cake. He gets up, he goes to the bathroom after we're eating our like rare steaks. Terrible, by the way. Goes to the bathroom, comes back, and he's like this. He's like fidgeting. He's like jumping up and down. He's like. Hey, like, how's it going? I'm like, are you okay? He's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I just did a little, like, bump in the bathroom. Man went skiing in the bathroom. Went skiing. He did the snow in the bathroom. I literally went, what? And then he goes, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't offer you any. I said, no, 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 no. I said, I don't do that. The reason why I'm saying what is because it's literally 1 p.m. on a Saturday and you're just, like, railing Wait, lines the fact the I bathroom. forgot that y'all are at lunch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're at lunch. <laughs> And then he made a comment about women um, like he anytime I said anything like remotely intelligent about like news politics or anything that was kind of going on he yeah. would seem kind of like surprised and then he made a comment basically saying he thinks it's cute and it's good when girls know politics so that they can discuss things with their boyfriends and husbands like at home. So there's so many red flags, flags within that story in this like one hour lunch date and then yeah so that was my only experience with like a blind date. Did he get another date? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely Wait, not. There, there's so much to unpack with that. Yes. Okay, so yeah. first of all, the fact that he was mans- like basically manscaping and like mm-hmm. peacocking in the sense mm-hmm. that he was just like, I know that this is going to impress her. Right. And the fact that he very much was not expecting you to hold an intelligent conversation, Correct. I'm assuming just based off looks, which I don't know. It's not fun to be in a conversation like that. Yeah. And so I really want to know what do men think that's doing for them? Like, what do they really think they're getting out of that? I have no idea. When I find out, I will let you know. <laughs> 
But yeah, he definitely, uh, he did not get a uh, second date no. from that. I was like, I think he's misogynistic and he has a drug problem. That was my general. I think that's very clear. I, I would say that that's safe to say. <laughs> I totally forgot. I Like in my head, I was like, I forgot that it was at lunch and at dinner. Like mm-hmm. I thought you were at dinner, but still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, even at dinner that would be wild. Not the best move to make on a first date. We, I love that. I love that we just jumped in. I totally forgot to even. <laughs> Welcome to Above the Mean. Uh, today I'm joined by the absolute sweetheart of a friend, Ray Ray Williams, and y'all may know her from the Ultimatum, the hit Netflix show. I survived reality TV. <laughs> I feel like that should be a ringtone or something. I know. <laughs> And today we're just going to talk about dating, relationships, and just reevaluating our thoughts on dating and just honestly everything. Because I feel like you need a question. Sometimes you need to do like a little refresher and think, okay, this is what I thought back then. Does this thought still serve me? Is it yeah. helping me or is it actually hurting me? Yeah. And so I know for you, like, I wanted to know... How would you describe your views on love versus what you thought before you went into the ultimatum versus after? Because I know that you were the one who initially insisted on the ultimatum with your partner at the time. And you said that the plan was college, then proposal, then babies. Mm -hmm. Is that still the plan now? Well, I guess we'll go with what you thought back then versus what you think now. Yeah, um, I think that my problem back then was that I had this life plan. And I had a timeline and for some reason I just convinced myself that like if I don't stick by this timeline of college and marriage and babies that I'm failing and I was in a relationship that was not meant for that and I was trying to stuff that relationship into that timeline and that was not healthy. So that's the struggle that you see kind of playing out there. And what do you think like where did you get those initial like views from that that's what you wanted? I don't know. I think that it's kind of a societal thing and I think it's changing a lot like everybody's definition of like what a marriage is supposed to look like or when we're supposed to be married I feel like people are getting married later and people have like less strict views on what marriage is but I think for me just like growing up I always thought it was just like a sequence of events like this is what you do when you get older so I think that's kind of where I got that from and so now looking back at, after like watching and thinking what are your thoughts now on just love and relationships Um, I just think that it will happen when it's meant to and that ultimatums are not, uh, not healthy and they're not really productive. I mean, I understand if you're, here's what I'm into now. I think silent ultimatums Mm. are what women should follow. So it's like, like, can you give an example of that? Absolutely. So instead of like, if, like, if you look at a guy and you're like, if you don't stop, uh, what's like an example of like a shitty behavior in a relationship, uh, staying out till 3am and not calling me, Mm -hmm. I'm going to leave or like, I'm going to be upset. Right. Instead, what I would do is just say, Hey, this behavior upsets me and see what they do. And then make like a silent ultimatum with yourself of like, okay, if he keeps doing this to me after he knows it hurts me, then I'm just going to leave instead of like trying to, it's almost like just kind of let people behave how they want to behave. And then you move around it instead of trying to control people. That's what I had to learn. No, I think that's really big. And I think that's really important, too, because ultimately it's understanding that people are flawed. Everyone's human and like people are going to make mistakes. But if you really do love someone, you love that person. Mm -hmm. And and so hopefully vice versa, they love you. And if you express to them that they're doing something or they say something, yeah, they should want to change. They should want to like 
compromise and not hurt you yeah and and everybody's gonna slip up every once in a while but if you have a guy who's just blatantly like ignoring your boundaries time and time again then that's something to like look at no i definitely agree i really do so that's the biggest thing i've had to kind of rethink is like in my relationships i don't want to date somebody that i have to like police or check up on or like what are you doing on social media or what are you not doing on social media or you don't want to be their mother club exactly you're not supposed to be your significant other's mother or keeper Ooh, I like that keeper, yeah. yeah. So just like silent ultimatums, like just maybe like for the women who are like, oh, I really want this type of commitment, this, this, and that. I would just say if you're in a relationship and you feel like it's stagnant, maybe set a timeline like privately for yourself and like goals that you want to meet in your relationship. Communicate your feelings, but don't be like, you need to propose to me by this date or I'm gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just, I call it like silent ultimatums, basically. No, I actually really, really like that. Yeah. And I feel like that's healthy because I feel like for me, I've always thought that communication is one of the like key tools, I feel like, 100%. in making a relationship work. And that's something I had to figure out because I honestly used to not be good at communicating. Yeah. And that was something that my ex would always say. And then as roles reversed, I worked on it and I became a great communicator. And then he became really sucky at it. So oh. <laughs> we love it when it happens, karma. Yeah. Now, a year later, looking back, mm-hmm. would you do the show again if you could? Um, probably not. I probably wouldn't have done the show. Um, I mean, I'm grateful for like the opportunities that I've got from it and the friendships I've made, especially with like the women that I was cast with. Um, I guess maybe I would just go back in time and like give myself a warning. Like we all expected like an embarrassing edit, you know, it's reality TV. Like they're not going to show you in your best light. We, we knew what we signed on for, but like, I think the whole cast kind of agrees. Like I got like the worst edit out of everybody. I was going to ask you, do you feel like your personality was like accurately portrayed on TV? Yes and no, but I definitely, a lot of things were, you know, left out that kind of explained certain people's reactions to stuff. So you're seeing the effect and not the cause basically, Mm. but we were all kind of ourselves and also we were all very drunk. So (laughs) there's that as well. No, I started realizing that because I don't know where I saw, I don't know if it was a TikTok or something, but it's like, if you ever watch a reality show and you see them Mm -hmm. carrying around cups or like the silver chalices, it's usually some type of alcohol. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're trying to get you liquored up to get the good stuff. (laughs) And so I know that you were an inspiration to so many fans by coming out mm-hmm. during the reunion show. You helped give a lot of people courage to kind of do the same. Yeah. What? But yeah, I guess what kind of preempted that conversation with yourself to kind of be transparent in that light yeah. or like share that vulnerable side of you? Yeah. Um, so the reunion was just kind of a way for all of us to like catch up and like, what are you doing now? Like, who are you with now? And I was just decided to be open and just say, who I was with and say that they were a girl, you know, I didn't want to keep that in. I didn't want to, I didn't want to feel like I was lying either. So I was like, yeah, I'm dating a girl now. Um, I just think, and I've like touched on this before. It's so important because a lot of people don't think their representation is super important, but I know that there's so many people that are really unhappy like with themselves. So maybe like more mainstream representation. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, I'm a very big advocate for being authentically you. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not, like, how how are you going to even understand how awesome you are if you can't even show up for yourself? Yeah. And so I really applaud you on that. And I'm sure coming out wasn't easy, and it must have took, like, a lot of self-reflection. So what are some things that you do to really get in touch with yourself and begin to determine who Ray is? As far as, like, coming out or just... Just in general, like, what do you do to kind of just, like, 
hone in on who you are, like really figuring out what you like, what you don't like, who who you are. Yeah, um, I mean, I think isolation, as weird as that sounds, I think everybody just needs some time to kind of like reset, think to themselves. I'm like, I think everybody should journal, just take time for self-reflection. So that's what I would say. No, I definitely, I, I like journaling. It's yeah. grown on me. I was not a very big fan of it at first because mm-hmm. I definitely thought I was kind of writing in the sense that I thought I was speaking or writing in the way that I thought I should write for journaling, but I wasn't actually writing out my true and authentic raw feelings. And I think once I started doing it, I was really able to get the benefits of it. Yeah. My therapist was like, just throw it at the page. She's (laughs) like, you can read it and then rip it up later. But she was like, just throw it all out there. Yeah. Just get it all out. Yeah, exactly. And so I love that. So you go to therapy. No, we love that. We did. Yeah. Well, we all had to do therapy after the show. So. Oh, (laughs) That makes sense. I could see that because I can yeah. see that being a very, not traumatizing, but, or it could be oh, very, a little bit of both, yeah. but definitely a new reality in the sense that it's, it is reality TV, but I know reality TV is only this much yeah, usually reality. Story, yeah. yeah. And so I honestly feel people overthink when it comes to dating because they worry more about trying to fit into this mold or idea of what the other person might want Mm -hmm. and they start becoming less and less themselves. Have you ever run into that instant or like you found yourself kind of getting lost in the relationship and not being you, being who you really are? Yeah, I definitely have seen that. I've seen that with a lot of my friends as well. We've all been there you know where you see a friend who kind of conforms to a relationship whether it's abusive or toxic or whatever it may be and then when they're like a few months out and they're clear of that person they start to kind of come back into themselves and glow again and it's like the most beautiful thing what kind of advice would you give to someone who's kind of working on themselves and trying to show up and be more authentically them when dating man i would just that's a really good question i would say that for girls that are worried about losing themselves in a relationship I think that the first thing that I always see girls do when they end up losing themselves is like they start hanging out with their friends less so I would say don't lose those connections with your friends when you go into a relationship and then don't lose your principles so like I know like whenever I see a girl lose herself in a relationship it's when she starts kind of accepting the things that like single her would say oh I would never go for that I would never accept this type of behavior but then when you fall in love with somebody you accept like the shitty behavior so I would just say kind of holding on to your standards before like the love like kind of blinded you a little bit no I think that's really smart because I think that does happen to a lot of girls where they get so wrapped up in the like honeymoon the puppy dog Mm -hmm. phase and it's awesome like I'm all for one being swept up in the romance but don't or the trauma bonds yeah (laughs) that's the other side of it too that's very true but it's like don't neglect your friends don't neglect the people who have been there for you and will most likely be there for you when that relationship doesn't work out because that that happens a lot too yeah I've always, no matter what, maintained super strong connections with my friends. Like, no matter who I'm dating, no matter who they're dating, like, friendship is number one, for sure. I 1,000% agree. I am someone who very much values friendship. I keep seeing this, like, breakdown on social media. And, like, all my friends have this conversation in person and, like, with guys and my guy friends. A lot of women have been complaining, saying, like, these men want us to pursue them. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of the guys are like, oh, these girls aren't shit. They're starting to act like us, this, this, and that. The thing that I always tell everybody is, like, go for like what you like and like 
I get so frustrated with people about this. So like the guys that are complaining like, oh, I want a girl to pursue me. I want a girl to buy me a drink. I want a girl to come up to me first. I'm Mm -hmm. like, great. Talk to the girls that are more aggressive and more forward and like want to pay for the first date. And then the girls that are like, oh, I want a guy who pays for everything and like comes up to me first. I'm like, great. Go for the traditional guy. For some reason, it's always like crossed. It's always like the traditional guys with like the forward girl and then they're yes. clashing. And then like the, the guy who's a little bit more like sassy is like ends up with like the girl that's like, no, I want you to pay for it. And then it's, it's like city girl versus city boy. And like Opposites attract. Opposites really do attract. Yeah. And I, I just find that to be so interesting, especially because are you single now or? Um, it's complicated, but yes. I'm okay. <laughs> and so it's just like, I feel Shug's like. wine. <laughs> I just feel like dating here in Austin has really been an interesting experience for me since coming out because I'm very... It's a recycling bin. It... Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the fact that I feel like people forget, yes, Austin is a big city, but it's, it's really not. not. And the same people kind of go to the same places. And so it's like, as eventually you're going to run into the same guys over and over again. Yeah. And and if you date somebody, you'll probably end up being friends with or seeing one of their exes or that type of thing might happen. Or you'll see a girl who's like, oh, I hooked up with him last year. Like stuff like that will happen a lot in Austin. And it's kind of uncomfortable for a lot of people, but it's something we've been forced to accept in Austin. And I'm like, I wonder if this is the case for other cities. I re- I've heard it's like that in Houston. I, uh, I don't know. See, I'm just that. I feel like you actually said it best. It really is a recycling bin. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> Because, okay. If I made a chart, everybody would be connected at some point. Yes, because actually my best friend, one of my best friends, her boyfriend is someone that I used to party with our freshman year before they had even met or anything like that. And I told her this when she was telling me that she was talking to him just because like, just to be fair, open, honest, and just transparent. But it was just really like showing me one, how small the world really is that Mm -hmm. like everyone really is connected in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And so in your opinion, what are the best ways to get to know someone better? Uh, like up front or like over time, like throughout the relationship? I guess we'll do it in the scenario of, let's say, yeah, for dating. dating. Yeah. Okay. I think that the best way to get to know someone is to ask the uncomfortable questions, see how they react when they feel awkward, see how they react when they're angry, see how they react when they're under stress, and then see how they react when they're um, like under pressure kind of so just see how they handle different like situations and then um just introducing them to your friends and then you meet their friends i feel like you don't really know somebody until you know their friends do you find it to be a red flag when a guy doesn't have a lot of friends no i find it to be a red flag if all of his friends are players or if he's maybe friends with a lot of girls and he's dated or hooked up with the majority of them but if he has like two or three guy friends and he's just rocking with them i don't see a problem with that at all I've definitely, yeah, I agree with that Mm -hmm. in the sense that I know guy friendships and girl friendships like are very different in very different dynamics. And I always kind of wondered because you'll see in rom-coms like situations where the girl will have so many different bridesmaids and things like that. And the guy doesn't really have too many people to lean on. And I was actually talking to my friend about this the other day because I've noticed that guys honestly... It's tricky for them to open up because I know that they don't usually have those types of conversations within their own friend group. And so I've found that when I go on these dates with these men that 
if you ask them honestly the right questions, they will literally open Poor. up like a floodgate because it's just everything that they've been holding inside. Yeah. And it's just like, wow. Like sometimes I'm really just like, wow. Yeah. That was a lot. And so I really, what is like one of your favorite go-to questions to ask on a first date? Oh, on a first date. I haven't been on a lot of those lately. Um, I think when I'm getting to know someone and you get past like the questions about like work and friends and life and like whatever else. All the very like surface level. Yeah. I think I just, it's not really a question I ask. I just like to kind of be a little bit like goofy off the wall, kind of like throw random stuff out there and see how they like receive that. Like just start goofing off with them. It's not really like a question I ask. It's just kind of just messing around a little bit and see how quick they are if they're like witty or like if they respond in a certain way or if they're like uptight or yeah if they have really good banter or stuff like that yeah that's kind of like what on a first date that's what I look for I really like that I really do because I've I feel like I've developed a very interesting mindset when it comes to dating this time around where I really am just trying to have fun with it because I think people find it to be this really like serious thing and they overthink a lot of things and Mm -hmm. it's just like they get in their head and they build up all this pressure and anxiety to the point where it's like they don't even want to go on the date anymore or like do anything and so I love the fact of just having fun with it and saying not off the wall shit but just like just some random like quirky yeah Yeah. like you're there to have fun it's not a business meeting so just like enjoy yourself that's like the way that I look at it no I definitely agree so now that you're kind of like out there and dating around a little Mm -hmm. bit what are some of the important qualities that you look for in a partner the number one thing I'm looking for um in a partner is loyalty obviously but um Outside of that, I think what I'm looking for is kind of like what you were talking about earlier with like the date that you went on with your ex, just somebody who has kind of like that calming demeanor mm-hmm. about them. Um, I mean, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's like you want somebody that has energy. I just, I don't want chaos in my love life anymore. So I guess just somebody who's grounded in themselves is what I look for. That's a really good, yeah. Someone who's kind of very much rooted and knows who they are. Right. I definitely agree. And they've attained their goals or they know what their goals are and they are just kind of looking for someone to like maybe do life with instead of like, does that make sense? It does, but my thing is I feel like a lot of times and I definitely had to check myself on this because I know I'm guilty of it is at our age, I feel like we're kind of on two different spectrums. It's like people are either figuring themselves out and like trying to get a job or it's like people are very much on a career track and like very focused in. And so it's kind of hard to gauge whether or not I'm on both tracks. And I feel like there's no shame in it. Like, I'm very much, it's a spectrum. And so it's just, like, I know people who are, like, if he doesn't have a job, if he's not making six figures, da, 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 like, all these lists and criteria, they're not, they're not necessarily, yeah, yeah, they're not interested in him. Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of, I guess, where do you draw the line? Where do you determine whether or not this person, he may not be established yet, they Mm -hmm. may not be established yet, but they're, there's potential there. They are working to it. I yeah. don't know. I guess it's hard to gauge sometimes. Um, so I don't date like for finances. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not that girl that's like, I need a rich guy. So mm-hmm. I think what I look for is someone who is just passionate about something and they either just have a job that pays the bills and then they pursue their passion or they're passionate about their career. So they're like fulfilled in that side of their life. And then they have like I don't know, they have to like work out or go to the gym or do something physical 
and then they have like a good family life that's kind of what i view as somebody who like has their life together i don't really look for some of the more like flashier indicators of someone having their life together um like i know some people kind of date and they're like what kind of car does he drive or does he have this x amount of jewelry or does he live in this type of apartment like materialistic types of things right i look at i look at success as stability more Mm -hmm. than anything else i don't look at it as like material things so i guess i just look for somebody who kind of like is where they're at or they know where they want to be at but they don't have to be like flexing like like the guy i went on the blind date with who like flash the rolex and put the lamborghini keys on the table absolutely hated him you know what i mean yeah yeah i definitely agree with that do you know i feel like it's very important to kind of know your love language when you're going out and doing Mm -hmm. relationships just because it's important to know what you like but then it's also important to know your partner's love language so you can kind of understand maybe why they react the way they do Mm -hmm. and say different things do you know your love language yes what's your what is your love language my love language is physical touch what's yours Mine, okay, so it was physical touch, but then it was also, um, what was it called? Spending quality time. Quality time, yeah. Because I really love, I realized I'm very much about the moments that we share. Mm-hmm. And I really want to curate, like it doesn't even have to be like anything lavish, like a vacation or anything like that. Like right. I'll be fine if we just do like a picnic in the park. Like I just want to do something with you other than just sit and watch TV on a couch. Correct. Yes, I get, I get what you're saying with that. And so what has there ever been times where you've noticed that love language or I'm trying to think of what how I want to word it. My love language conflicted with someone else's. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, I mean, if you kind of you kind of got to see that play out on the show, like with me and Zay. Do you know what was his love language? His. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to sip some wine. Hold on. I was like, (laughs) hold on. (laughs) Um, I've always not anymore I mean I've been in therapy but back then I was kind of struggling with like expressing myself emotionally Mm -hmm. and um and then you know you factor in the cameras and it was worse off camera I was way better at expressing myself but I will say as I because I did rewatch a little bit of it just before our interview and that I realized there was one part where they kind of edit it to make it seem where like you didn't know how to communicate your feelings towards Zay no I can communicate my feelings like I'm still an adult but (laughs) when I watched no, um, I was like, they, they did you dirty. They, yeah. yeah. NDA. Um, so, <laughs> his love language, I think, was constant. He liked a lot of praise, a lot of compliments, a lot of reassurance, um, which I could do. But I think he wanted such, like, the amount of it was, like, more than I could give at that time. And more than I could give on camera. And that was, like, a big downfall. And then for me, I'm all about physical touch. And people kind of view that as, like kind of being like closed off emotionally but um that's just my thing and I love words of affirmation I love all the love languages but yeah I don't know like whenever he was upset I'd be like yeah like come here let me and he'd be like no let's talk about this and I'd be like I'm trying to comfort you and that's where like the disconnect was and see I feel like that's very as you explain (laughs) it like it makes sense now and he would shut that down and I'd be like well then fine like I tried to like like, yeah yeah so No, and see, that's what I'm saying. It's important to know your Your partner's partner's love language language. because that makes so much more sense hearing you say that your physical touch, so it's like Mm -hmm. by holding him, like I feel like that would have helped you to like be in a safer space to To then talk, to then be able to talk. Exactly, so I definitely understand that. So that's an example of love languages clashing. And my best friend was talking about this to me about her boyfriend. Um, He doesn't, I don't want to go into specifics about their relationship, but she was basically telling me that like, 
she learned how to love him in his love language and now she wants him to like love her in her love language and he doesn't really enjoy her love language so then at that point i'm like wow are you guys compatible or like how are you guys going to work through that so that's what she's going through right now and it's very interesting it's really interesting in the sense that i feel like we were talking about this earlier a lot of like opposites attract Mm -hmm. and so it's i feel like finding that middle ground of like we may have conflicting views or like values or ideas about certain things but where do you draw the line of like maybe that we're just more better suited as friends rather than lovers. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting notion. So essentially we discussed communicating. Can you give some advice or tips on like what can be some good communication techniques to use in a relationship? Of course. Yeah. Um, So the number one thing that I had to learn about communication was not forcing myself to communicate. And I'll explain that basically with like my ex, he would be like, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? And I would kind of be like, uh, 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 I don't know. I don't know. So I think being able to advocate for yourself and say, I don't know how I feel. Can I have a second? Like for my people that are more introverted or need a second to process and you're with somebody who's more aggressive, advocating for yourself and saying, I actually don't know how I feel or can I have a second to think about this? I think that's really helpful. Just knowing yourself. Um, And then for me, therapy, got to go to therapy and learn how to express your feelings if you have a hard time with that and then I don't know another thing that I did in one of my relationships that I had with an ex where we literally could not stop like when we would fight we would just bicker like back and forth yelling over each other we would do a thing where we would write down how we were feeling right and say I feel like this because blah 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 blah, and list it out and trade notes and read it sit with it and then talk about it because if we didn't, we would bark over each other and it was terrible. So writing I really it out, like that. Yeah. Because instead, I feel like a lot of times when we argue, we're just essentially arguing to be right. We're not even right. listening to the other person. We're just kind of waiting for our turn to like spit out our little like fights. When you have to write it down, you actually have to like think about it. Like, well, why, why did I snap at him when I said this? And you have to like kind of explain yourself. So I really like that. Yeah. I really, really like that. I'm going to have to use that. I'm going to mm-hmm. take that one with me. <laughs> That's like for heated arguments when you guys are just like, no i've definitely i've been in some heated have you ever well (laughs) yes probably yes i don't know what the question is but i'm gonna assume i have done it. i was just gonna say let's 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 venture away we'll take a little detour from the healthy side and we'll go back to are we getting toxic i was just gonna say i'm here for yes let's get a little toxic. okay have you ever let me think of exactly the question i want to ask mm-hmm because we actually do have a few uh, Q and A's from the audience. There's like four or no five. Way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. There, yeah, there were a bunch that people wrote in. I just picked like the ones that I thought were kind of the juicier ones. All right, let's do it. But someone asked, or no, no, no. Let's get with the toxic side first. Okay. Um, has there been a time when I guess let's say our behavior was a little less healthy and a little more toxic mm. that you? can look back since this episode is about reflecting that we can look at and see I was in the wrong here and then this is what I would have done differently in this situation yeah um back in college so this was a relationship like before the one that you saw like on the show um I had an ex and we had an issue with social media so my boundaries for social media were as follows basically just if you're already following girls, go ahead, follow them. If you have a really recent ex-girlfriend, 
maybe don't interact with her posts as much. If a girl comes up on your timeline, you can like it and keep scrolling. My issue was, do you remember when Instagram used to have like the following tab and you could see what somebody was liking and doing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. My rule with the boyfriends at the time, like this is like college, right? was like, don't go to a girl's page and like multiple photos in a row because that just means DM me. Yeah. So the, the toxic thing that I did back then was like, I had an ex that would want me to dress like a certain way, right? Like a little bit more covered. That was his preference. But on Instagram, he was always liking certain types of outfits and like certain types of Instagram content. So I decided to post a picture like that and wear an outfit like that out to where him and his friends were. And I got on the bar and I started dancing and I was like, this is what you like. (laughs) Instead of just like, that was like my toxic face, you know? And instead of realizing, hey, you keep setting boundaries with this guy time and time again. And he keeps DMing and interacting with girls and making you feel uncomfortable. You need to leave. I ordered the same outfit and got on top of a bar and shook my ass. Like, in what, you know what I mean? It's one of the things you look back on and you're like, okay, what was it? What was the, what was I trying to gain from that? You know, it made him mad. Like, and then we were arguing. So it didn't really, it didn't, my goal. But at the time, like, you wanted to be heard and you didn't feel like, I felt like being toxic. I was like, oh yeah, this is gonna, this is gonna show him. Let me, let me get on the bar. And yeah, no, not the vibe. But I think that that's perfect because it's like now looking back a few years later, you can realize. Cringing. You can really, yeah, yeah, it's like that. You're like, that may not have been my my smartest moment. That was not my best Friday night. No, it was not. No. No. But the thing is, I'm sure Dita, he probably really did like you up on the bar. Just <laughs> like, this is what you like. This is what you're harding on Instagram. You like this? Yeah. <laughs> Drunk as hell. No, that's a good one, though. Yeah. That's a good one. So, like I said earlier, we do have a few audience Q&A who wrote in, and I kind of picked some of the best ones that I thought were really interesting. So, someone wrote, I'm a 22-year-old woman who has never dated and never been approached. Help me. Hmm. Okay. So, 22, never dated and never been approached? I'm sure she's been approached before in some capacity. That's what she means, like, for a date? or I guess I'm I'm taking it, or I'm going to read it in the sense that, like, maybe it's never gotten that serious to where it has ended in a relationship. It's probably just kind of stayed in the talking phase. We'll kind of leave it there. And so... So she wants advice on how to jump into the dating scene? That's what I'm going to say, yeah. But for me, I would say, I think when I was trying to date people, I often found that I wasn't having the best luck. That I was really just kind of doing it because I didn't want to be alone and I wasn't really looking at dating for all the real benefits that it can have. And so I feel like the mindset that you go in with dating really determines the outcome. And so if you're going in expecting results of you want, you have like a checklist of things that you want your significant other to check off, you're kind of limiting your options and you're limiting the possibility and new opportunities that might come your way. Cause I feel like everyone, uh, since I've restarted dating, I'm kind of building up a little roster and it's very unintentional. It's very unintentional. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> but it was, and it's funny because I literally, I broke up with my ex and 
I I was heartbroken. We were together for two and a half years. That's a long time. I really did love him. I still love him. Yeah. It's just he had problems that he needed to fix. And you it felt took, like they weren't fixable while you guys were together? It. Sorry, I'm like interviewing you now. I'm like, so no. what happened? <laughs> um, I love it. Oh my gosh. Right, let me get a sip of water. All right. Um, it was just the fact he had addiction problems and can't do that in a relationship never mind i i very much tried that was my first love and i i'm the type of person i don't like to give up on people i really really when i care about you i care full heartedly that's why i love my friends to death like i'm someone who's always going to be in your corner i'm always rooting for you i'm always rooting for the best and ultimately it just got to the point where it started affecting me mentally and it just I couldn't do there were just times where in situations that should never have had to happen and so it was extremely extremely hard but I made that decision for myself to walk away and because of that I now am in a way better space mentally and I think it's allowing him the space he needs to really focus in on himself yeah. And so it was just ultimately, I think it really comes back down to what I was saying with the mindset. Like, as I was approaching dating this time around, like, honestly, I didn't, I really have no desire to be dating someone long term. It's just I want to, I'm looking at it with the intent of just meeting people. Yeah. And I think because I'm going about it in the way where I'm just like, I'm just out here. If we vibe, we You're vibe. You're attracting a lot of people that way. It's just attracting the people of just oh, I like your energy, I like your vibe, let's kind of see where this goes. And I think that's where you really need to determine and sit down what type of mindset of what do you want? What are your intentions with this? Where do you want it to end up? And just kind of really sit with yourself and think what it is that you really want out of it. So what advice do you have for our young friend who has never been... She said that she hadn't really been approached and that she hadn't dated... So, so what advice could you give for her? If you're ready to start dating, my advice would be, wow, 22 without like a lot of relationship experience. I feel like it's kind of yeah. diving into shark infested waters. Everybody's so toxic. <laughs> um, I My advice on that would be maybe like relying on your friends when you go out. Um, I would definitely accept blind dates, go on dates, put yourself out there, go to places where you can meet guys, whether it's the gym, like Whole Foods, the club, just outside, like those like cute little like hotel lounges, hookah bars, restaurants, just go outside. Yeah. I'm sure that you're a beautiful girl. Um, and then just be open to meeting people. Um, I, I guess another thing too, is like, if I ever feel like I'm in a rut as far as like dating goes, um, kicking it up at the gym, trying a new hairstyle, maybe like clearing out my closet and kind of like redoing things a little bit changing my space just kind of like revamp a little bit and then go outside that would be my advice I think that was really good honestly that's spot on that's really spot on and so another one was how do you navigate threesomes in a relationship and possibly having an open one I feel like the open one is very interesting because I think a lot of people have recently been talking about monogamy and whether or not they kind of believe in that what are your thoughts So I'm going to give a lot of advice on this topic, even though I'm like absolutely the worst person to give advice on this topic, just because I am so insanely jealous and I really want 
to be in a traditionally monogamous relationship. But here's my thoughts on um, threesomes. And I'm assuming we're talking about a male-female dynamic where they're bringing in another female. That's usually how it goes. I guess, yeah, but we don't we don't need to limit it to just that. We'll just say, yeah. 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 I would just say that um, you guys have boundaries set up ahead of time. And if it's a male-female dynamic, the girl always chooses the other girl. And then you have boundaries as far as like, do you guys prefer to use protection with the other person? Are they allowed to orgasm with the other person? Do you allow kisses on the lips? These are things that you have to think of. And if you have a physical reaction when you're laying out your boundaries, maybe threesomes aren't for you. I always say if you want to try it, try it. And then if you don't like it, once you let that cat out of the bag, like you need to kind of think about it. Like, will your partner be okay with like threesomes are on the table? And then you tried it and then you took it off the table. You need to be with somebody who absolutely respects you wholly and um, respects your boundaries. And you need to do it if you're doing it for yourself. I think a lot of people will, and it doesn't matter what gender, maybe throw themselves into a, like a threesome or an open relationship dynamic to make their partner happy. I think that that type of dynamic is only successful if both partners are into it. And then as far as an open relationship, again, laying out the boundaries, figuring it out, and then having this clause that I think is so important that like, let's say you guys are going through something and you want to have a period where you reclose it, they need to be open to that. So the perfect example of this is I was coworkers with this girl, right? Her and her boyfriend had an open relationship and what they would do is like they didn't it wasn't physical so much it got physical for them sometimes but they would go on dates with other people and they would come home energized and be like oh i had this conversation with this person who does that whatever she had a loss in the family her mother passed away and she went to him and she said hey you know what i really need you right now can we close the relationship until further notice and he was like yeah and during her grieving period they closed the relationship Mm which I thought was very interesting because I'd never heard of that. You know, you think about open and you think it's just people running around doing whatever. But when she told me about that, I was like, that's very interesting. So they closed it and he was just there for every night, you know, when she was going through the grieving period and they opened it back up and then they closed it again when they were working on conceiving kids. So I think that you need to be flexible if you're going to try an open relationship or threesomes and you need to be able to open it and you need to be able to close it. I think I really like that. And I like that it's essentially i could never though i think (laughs) i think with that is like communication is key yes communication is key boundaries and like continual consent and like moving with your partner yes because that definitely can be i feel a very messy and tricky situation to Mm -hmm. kind of like navigate i i'm very interested in that side of dating i love seeing people who do it correctly but i've seen a lot of people not do it correctly Um, It's not for me, but I absolutely respect people that engage in that type of dating. Yeah, and I feel like it's really just ultimately making sure that you feel heard, listened to, and respected. Yes. I definitely think that as long as those are in alignment and working out, then you should be able to navigate anything with your partner. Because, like, imagine, this is, like, my nightmare scenario. Imagine you're in a relationship where you guys have opened it up a little bit. You guys do threesomes occasionally, and then you're having a night where you're, like, feeling insecure you just want your partner and you're out and they're like oh let's take that girl home and you're like not in the mood for it and they're like pushing you like that would be something that would trigger me if that makes sense yes 1000 percent. it's like because then it makes you i feel like it's allowing those little bit of anxiety and thoughts to creep in where it's just like you no longer feel like you guys are on the same plane yeah so i I think if you want to do a threesome or an open relationship make sure that you're doing it because you want to do it Cause I've seen a lot of women just kind of throw up their hands and go, 
guys are going to cheat anyway, so you might as well just do a threesome. Or you might as well just open the relationship. Like, people are giving up on monogamy, I think, in our modern dating and social media and everything else and dating apps. And, like, you're just swiping. You can have a girl over by 9 p.m. So, so someone wrote in, do you think women are less toxic than men, generally speaking? Yes, but I am aware that women are capable of toxicity. Yes, I think that's very fair to say because I feel like it is a double standard. It is a double standard because men have the liberty where they can go and talk to multiple women at once and Mm -hmm. no one bats an eye. But if women were to do that, Mm -hmm. it's seen in a whole other light. Mm -hmm. And I think that society really does have this problem of painting women to who are just more outgoing or who are actually doing what they're supposed to they're dating which when you're dating you're supposed to be talking to multiple people it's essentially you figuring out what you like what you don't like and i think society really has this negative connotation to it or perception of it that it views women in a really negative light when they do this and so I think it makes it seem like women are toxic, but it's literally them doing the exact same thing that men do. Yeah, Lori Harvey is the perfect example. She's someone who's been in like two or three, maybe long-term relationships in public and people, men are so angry at her. And I kind of look at her and I'm like, she's just dating. Like we've all done more than she's done probably. Like why is everybody hating on her? So I think that was a really great example. Yeah, because people- They're just mad because she's hot. (laughs) And she gets all the hot men, too. Yeah, I mean, that's why I, they're mad. I wouldn't mind being Lori Harvey. I need a shirt that says, leave Lori Harvey alone. <laughs> <laughs> I need that on, like, I need that on a t-shirt. Yes, because she does get scrutinized for yeah. going and dating these men. But I think it's she's doing what you're supposed to do. They're angry. They can't call her a hoe because she's only dated a couple people and they claim her. They can't call her ugly because she's not ugly. They can't call her broke because she's not broke. So they're just mad. <laughs> that's how I look at Stop it. Stop being mad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's definitely a double standard with that and so in your opinion Mm -hmm. what are some ways to keep a relationship strong and lasting sex Mm. number one i think that keeping up the physical the spark the dates like dating each other having sex constantly really important but obviously number one is like communication yeah and then what we talked about earlier with like making sure that you're loved in your love language and then loving your partner in their love language I feel like your relationship can't go wrong if you are acknowledging each other's love languages, communicating openly, and having sex multiple times a week. I feel like, yeah, it's, it's just simple. like a good, yeah, it's a good formula. Yeah, <laughs> so that's the formula. That's what I've, what I've figured out should work. I'm going to try that in my next relationship. <laughs> I honestly have nothing more to add to that. Honestly, this was great. I feel like I'll end the podcast with just like, what would you call this chapter in your life? Oh, okay. Got it. Oh, we're ending it with this. Well, yeah. Oh, okay, so sorry to get the question. <laughs> the wine is like kicking it. I'm so sorry. I'm like, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I like that. I'm like, we're recording. Um, Wait, no. This, was- this chapter in my life is called content. Ooh. Um, I've, I am at a place in my career where I'm really happy. Um, I feel so blessed to have the friends that I have. I'm doing really well in my family life as well. So I think it's just content like all the stuff that I wanted I'm kind of living in it and I think that people kind of have a bad habit of always like if I just get this I'll be happy or once I reach this milestone I'll be happy but it's kind of like looking back and remembering I used to want to be where I'm at now so I'd say I'm content that's what this chapter is called I really like that it's like your inner peace you found kind of your inner peace yeah therapy and time but we're here 
I really, really like that. What would... I guess I lied. I lied to you. Oh. I have a few more questions. <gasps> she lied. I'm a liar. She lied to me. People just look at this face. It's I not know. all you innocent. You have a sweet face. It's not all sweet. No. <laughs> okay. It is. It is. Lay the question on me. What's going on? Since we talked about just revisiting ideas, mm-hmm. what's a notion or idea that you're currently unlearning? Um, What we... A notion or idea that I'm currently unlearning is having to try to correct people. So instead of constantly freaking out over trying to prevent somebody from hurting me and trying to like get to a place where I can trust them, whether it's friendships or relationships, I'm now at a point where it's like, don't put that on them. Trust yourself to leave if they mess up. Mm. That's something I had to unlearn the constant checking of other people. It's like, no, let them do what they want to do. And then you move accordingly. Yeah, because it's essentially just rooting back in the fact that everyone's human, everyone's going to make mistakes. And so it's allowing them that room for error, but Mm -hmm. not judging them because of it and not, I think, getting mad. I think that's really the big point is like not criticizing them because of it. Right. And and also just like knowing when to leave. (laughs) So I think that was really good. Honestly, Ray, we've, we've been having battery technical difficulties, so I'm like, we'll leave it at that. But thank you so much for coming on. This was fun. We're going to have to do this again. We'll do like a girl talk part two. Part two. Yeah. We'll do pajamas next time. We'll do we'll do uh, pink wine. I'll bring over a bottle. It'll be Ooh, fun. Ooh, I like we'll it. it. Rosé, say less. Or we can bring some of my guy friends that are players and like get their opinions on like their side of the dating scene. That would be interesting to have the male perspective because I, I do typically have more women guests than men. So that was my friend who I call whenever I'm struggling with a guy. I call him the guru. We'll bring on the guru. Ooh, <laughs> I would like this. Yes. Yeah. Let's ask him the real question. Let's have him on the couch. What's, it's inviting. It's yeah. inviting. Come on, <laughs> spill the tea. I love this. No, thank you, Ray. Thank you for having me. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope you found some value in the tips and stories that were shared. And happy Valentine's Day. And just in case you don't hear it today, know that you're amazing and you don't need some flowers or commercialized holiday to validate that for you. Everyone who listens to this podcast has a very special place in my heart. And as always, remember, don't settle for average. Rise above the mean and stand out.